Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. The Chicago Cubs have hired a new manager. We have a new skipper on the helm of the Chicago Cubs ship. And that is none other than the beloved David Ross, the former Cubs backup catcher who was a World Series champion in 2016, a mentor for many of the younger players, including Anthony Rizzo, was a big part of that championship. He's here. He's going to be announced as the manager on Thursday officially, but it's been confirmed that he will be the next manager. Uh, So until it's officially announced by the team, we won't really know exactly what Theo and Jed are going to say. We we may have an idea, but, uh, you know, obviously they're going to come out and speak when they can officially announce it. But we're going to react to the move, the hire, and talk all about it. Adam, how you doing? Great. Good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah. How uh, how you feeling? Much better. Good. It was Good. a rough, rough week and a half, but back on track now. Yep. That's what it's all about. Grind away. After, after what? You probably missed a lot of whatever you were doing, right? Work and all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah. I was kind of confined to my room there for a little while, but but uh, we're, we're, we're making some progress here. Well, keep it up. Back in commission, baby. Let's do it. Rock on. Okay, so David Ross, new manager. Yes. There's a lot to kind of, I guess, break down because there are many different aspects that you can look at this hire. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings and, you know, there's going to be mixed feelings for whoever you're going to hire. A lot of Mm -hmm. people wanted similar qualities in a manager. Some people prioritize different qualities in a manager, ones that maybe mean more than others in the long scheme of things. But You know, Adam, the first thing I just want to say, and I'm sure you can agree to this too, is at the end of the day, we really can't say how good he's going to be. No, that's that was pretty much my exact sentiment on Twitter earlier today is that there's really just no way of knowing for sure what kind of manager David Ross is going to be. Uh, And it it is interesting this time around uh, on the manager front because, you know, last time, it seemed everybody was on board with wanting Madden. I mean, he was he was the guy when the Cubs were looking for a manager. And this time around, there was there was more of a split. There was more of a divide. I mean, the the three guys I I think that were mentioned the most, obviously Ross, and then you've got Espada from the Astros, and then Girardi's name was kind of floated out there too. Uh, but it, it quickly looked like Girardi was sort of out of the running for that. But it's there's there's a pretty big divide and one thing that I've noticed on Twitter and social media is that the reactions to this hire are pretty much all in or all out. I'm not seeing mm-hmm. a lot of neutral uh, or cautiously optimistic people. I'm seeing people who absolutely love this move and people who absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not really sure there's enough evidence either way to support either one of those emotions right now. I think there I think you you can compile a reasonable list of pros and also some potential cons with this too. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, one thing that a lot of people talk about is the lack of experience and I get mm-hmm. that could be scary and I get that's risky. You don't know what you're getting with a lack of experience, 
But, you know, you can turn that point around and simply say, look at the league right now. Look at the league. Look at the managers who are managing the winning teams. Alex Cora, Craig Council, Davey Martinez, Aaron Boone. They all have the similarity of not having managerial experience right. coming into their first jobs. Now, Dave Martinez was behind Joe Mann as a bench coach, and obviously Ross hasn't been a bench coach yet. But I mean, look at Craig Council. I mean, he was hired pretty much as soon as he was done being a player, it seemed like. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and I can understand people being uh, slightly pessimistic about having no coaching experience. I think there is some justification in feeling that way. But yeah, I like can't you say it. I can't knock it completely. Right, but, but like you mentioned, there, there is proof out there currently that it's not necessarily uh, something that you have to have. And, and, look, and this goes back even further than today's game, too. I mean, look, Bob Brindley went straight from the booth to – to managing the Diamondbacks, and he took them to a World Series. So, I mean, as we've seen it before. It, it can be done, uh, and the Cubs appear to be following this trend of hiring younger managers. Uh, Ross, I don't believe Ross would be the youngest manager in the league now. I think that would still be uh, Baldelli. Yeah, right? probably. Yeah, You're probably but, right. But Ross, he's he's up there now. I'm 42. That's, that's pretty young for an MLB manager. But I, I also think that... When you talk about his lack of coaching experience, I think you got to look at each of these guys individually and not just say, okay, these, these guys don't have coaching experience. Uh, these guys do. Ross was looked at as sort of a coach-like figure when he was a player on the Cubs. And some players have even gone on record as saying that at times Ross would come down harder on them than Madden in mm-hmm. some situations. And so so there there is some degree of that there where you know maybe Ross was already prepping for this uh one thing that has always concerned me though is Ross is is pretty good friends with a lot of the guys on this team he formed a a pretty tight bond with a lot of these guys when he was a member of the club and you got to wear a really different hat when you're the boss and you're not just a teammate and I know that he was already kind of on, you know, towing that line between teammate and sort of mentor coach kind of role. But now he's got to be completely and totally a coach. Uh, and so that's one area where we just don't know right now how exactly Ross is going to fit in that scenario. Uh, but I think we we need to allow room for growth, too. I don't think that he's going to, you know, it's not going to feel perfect right away, I don't think. Uh, and so I, I think that that's one thing that, if I could stress anything, it's that people need to give him a chance because yeah. it, it may it may not seem perfect right off the bat when the season gets going. But uh, I, I, I like the move. Overall, I, I think I like the move. Uh, I'm not sure there's enough either way to say that this is this is great or terrible. I think this is one of those things that it makes sense to see how it plays out. Well, yeah, I mean, the results are going to tell you how good or good it isn't. Th- there's one. I really wanted to talk about and I'll just bring that up now there is this fear and again I'm not trying to be critical of people's fears this is just how I feel and I've said this on Twitter there's this maybe this fear or idea that David Ross as manager is going to be this friendly cuddly frat bro type guy with the players you know the whole concern about hiring their friend Mm mm-hmm David Ross earned the respect of so many different people. You don't earn that respect 
by just being this fun-loving goofball. If you right. can get, if you can earn the respect of a guy like John Lester, you're not being a freaking goofball. Well, quite and, the opposite. And people need to realize that. I mean, Ross, he had two interviews, and the front Theo and Jed surely addressed this in those interviews. I. I believe in Theo and Jed. I trust their judgment. I don't think that they would hire Ross if they believed that he wouldn't that he wouldn't have it in him to come down on players if that's what needed to happen. I agree. You know what I mean? I I really, I mean that had to have been one of the top things they addressed. And I, I just, if they feel confident that he can be that guy, then I trust in them. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. It it looks like, based on what we're hearing, based on the talks, you know, from a lot of different sources, David Ross this whole time was the guy to beat. And I would not yeah. be surprised if thinking about David Ross as the next manager after Madden has been in kind of the mindset of Theo and Jed. I wonder for about that than too. we think. Yeah, I, you, you, I think it's been a while. I think you you do get the feeling that this this maybe has been in the works for longer than some people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they knew they knew Madden's contract was going to come to an end. I think with the way things were trending, they knew Madden wasn't going to be around forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't envision it ending like this per se, but they knew that they were going to move on eventually. And you know, th- their plan was to keep this core around for a while. And they kept him in the organization. You know, people yeah. remember him as the ESPN guy. He worked for the organization. And from what we hear, it sounds like he did a lot of things with the organization, learned a lot, was yeah. just a big part of the operations. Maybe not like, you know, doing a, a big, how do I say it? Not being a huge factor in the way the franchise was going, but was right in there with how things were operating. So it seemed to me more like a groom job than maybe we were originally let on. Well, yeah, and the moment David Ross retired, there was a lot of talk in the media, uh, speculation that Ross would be a good managerial candidate for a lot of teams, not just the Cubs. Uh, And whenever anybody addressed that with him, he never really shied away from that at all. He, from the very first moment it was brought up. He, he pretty much always sounded open to the idea of management. And from that very moment, I mean, it's Ross to the Cubs. It, that was talked about so much, mm-hmm. uh, especially because, you know, I think that tensions with the Cubs and Madden, I think they, they predate this season too. I think people, it was already starting to get into some murky territory on whether or not the fan base as a whole was totally satisfied Sure, uh, And so naturally, Ross was one of the names that kept coming up. So I, I agree. I think that they were kind of they were kind of priming him for this job for a while. And and as much as they seem to like Joe Espada, they invited him back for a second interview, too. Uh, what we saw uh, in the media was that, yeah, this was David Ross's job to lose. Yeah, they were kind of doing the interview saying, if you're going to win this job over David Ross, you really have to wow us. And I feel like they were at least thinking twice a little bit. I mean, they brought him in for the second interview, so they clearly saw enough in the first interview to justify bringing him back and maybe picking his brain a little more. Yeah. You know? Well, and look, there's a lot of things to like about this, too. I mean, one thing that's that's different about this this hire than, than with a lot of manager hires in the league 
is that Ross has a really good close connection with the management. You mm-hmm. don't see that very often. A lot of times uh, the interview process, that's your first introduction to the front office, and then you develop your relationship from there. Ross and the management already have a concrete good relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so that in itself, they're already ahead of the ball uh, as opposed to some other teams. Uh, and so that they're, they're familiar with each other. I think they know, they know what to expect from each other. I mean, that's, that's a big advantage. That's, that's a huge head start uh, compared to most teams that are hiring a new manager. Yeah, and you know, we're, we're entering an age where managers are more and more uh, part of the front office what do you, I don't know what would you say scheme or I I mean you know what I mean right it's they're they're much yeah. more part of that whole philosophy I should say uh, you know it's it's not like the old days where general manager got you to players and the manager managed them how he did you're seeing more and more just because baseball is so advanced there's so much more um, analysis so many different approaches in a way that a team is built, they want their managers to share the philosophy of the front office. And there was clearly some differences between Joe Madden and Theo Epstein. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They they had their differences. That was no secret. I mean, that was one of the big storylines of the season is that they seemed to, there seemed to be sort of a rift between the two sides. Um, but, I mean, that's that's another reason to be optimistic about this hire is that Ross has a close personal relationship with this team going in. I mean, whereas a lot of new managers, they have to develop relationships with the players and with the front office and get sort of get acquainted. Ross has been there, done that. He knows all these guys already. Uh, and so in some ways, I think you can sort of speed right up to the X's and O's of it. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I, I think there, there's a lot of reasons to be happy about this. I think there are some legitimate concerns. Uh, but again... I just don't think there's enough to say one way or another that this was the right move. I, I think that this is right place, right time kind of thing. Right. And, you know, th- there's another point to be made where some people bring up, you know, it, it is a question. It's a legitimate question. Uh, people will say, well, if he wasn't hiring with anybody else and there was no other interest with David Ross, why would the Cubs be all in on him? And I think one point to make is, first of all, a good fit for one team looking for a manager doesn't mean he'd be a great fit for another team looking for a good manager. And to me, it felt like with David Ross, it was either he was going to manage the Cubs or he was going to stay in the ESPN booth and not interview anywhere else. Well, ex- exactly, because I had asked that question not too long ago that you know, c- to consider the fact that only the Cubs have drawn interest in David Ross. Uh, and I think that's that's a fair question to ask, but I think that the answer to that, as you said, might just be that Ross was only interested in managing if it could be with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's gotten other phone calls from other franchises, but you know, you got to keep in mind too, this team, this Cubs team, this scheme, this front office, these people, they know Ross right now better than anybody. So other teams, while they've seen kind of the results of his leadership in the 2016 World Series as a player, may really not understand the knowledge he has right now because he's only worked with the Cubs since retiring. Right. And, you know, I I think that there's there's been a lot of 
of legitimate gripes, I think. I guess I, I just don't understand the people who are totally all out on this. You know, I, I don't know. I, th- I think Ross is a good fit. I, I think there's something to be said for hiring a guy who already had an active interest in the team uh, before coming in. I mean, not a lot of teams can have that. I think my, my biggest question with Ross is how he handles things outside the pitching catching dynamic, because obviously I, I think he's going to be perfect in that regard. As far as managing pitchers and catchers, there may not be anyone better in the league. Uh, but in other areas of the game, that's that's one thing that's sort of an unknown to us right now. Oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, another point to make, too, is you look at the other candidates and you say, OK, Joe Espada, he's got coaching experience. Yes, but he's never managed before. I mean, j- just point yeah. that out. And yeah. the other thing with Joe Girardi is. Yeah, we all know that his resume looks good. He won a World Series a decade ago, but he has won a World Series. But you also got to remember, he's been out of the game a couple years. And as far as I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure there have been teams calling him. But, I mean, Joe Girardi isn't exactly one of the high sweepstake guys either. I mean, it it sounds like he's nearing a deal with the Phillies. And maybe that's a good fit there. But... I mean, I I don't see Joe Girardi as being this can't-miss guy. And Joe Espada, while he may have a lot of upsides, and frankly, I liked him a lot, don't get me wrong, but... He's an unknown, too. He's an unknown, too. So, I mean, how many many times do you see that? How many times do you see that in, in the coaching world, though? Not even just in baseball, but in all sports, this philosophy that if you poach an assistant coach from a team that's really good, uh, then then that carries over. That's oftentimes not the case. I mean, that's not to say that, that it's not ever going to work out because a, a lot of times it does. But just getting somebody who's affiliated with success doesn't necessarily mean all that success is guaranteed to transfer over. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the coaches in football that come from the trees, as they yeah. call it, the coaching tree. Yeah, they don't exactly. always pan out. Yeah, your your team hires Alabama's offensive or defensive coordinator, and you think you're getting the next Nick Saban. Doesn't happen that way. Or you hire Mike Patricka, and you think you're getting Bill Belichick 2.0. Yeah, yeah, it, it just it just doesn't work that way. Right. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's irrelevant and that it never works, but it's not. Again, it's not guaranteed either. No. I, my whole point is. There was never a guarantee with anything. I mean, Joe Madden coming to the Cubs was as close to a guaranteed good thing as you can get. But those circumstances were very different. There wasn't a sweepstake for him. He opted out in Tampa and he became available and the Cubs just scooped him up. I mean, it was a very sudden thing. They weren't going into that offseason thinking that they would be looking for their next manager. Well, at least... We didn't know that. I mean, the Cubs may have known something about Madden before we all did. I mean, they pr- obviously they did. How long they knew, I don't know. Well, there was like there was the bit of the tampering thing, right? But right. We don't have but, to get into all that, right? I mean, my whole point is, is he was the closest thing. Joe Man was the closest thing to a done a, a guaranteed success. Whereas yeah. this year, it that wasn't going to be the case. Now, I think that there is some fear among people to be like, oh, 
you know, don't hire the former player. It doesn't always work. And no, it doesn't always work. I mean, you remember all those years people wanted Ryan Sandberg for manager, but uh-huh. they never yeah. pointed out. But Ryan Sandberg, I didn't. I wasn't old enough to watch him play, obviously. Well, but they they, they kind of tried grooming him for it, and I just don't think it worked out very well. It didn't. Well. It, yeah. it, it just it didn't work. And they tried yeah. multiple years grooming, and he eventually left the organization. Mm-hmm. But Ryan Sandberg, you know, as good of a player he was, and probably a good teammate as he was. You know, David Ross, the whole, I know this sounds cliche, but the whole leadership aspect of him seemed better in so many ways than a guy like Ryan Sandberg ever had. Yeah, and man, there was some bitterness on Sandberg's end there too. For a long while, the Cubs yeah, and Sandberg were, were just cut off from each other. And it's only, what, in the last two or three years that they've sort of reconciled with each other and they're they're back on good terms again. But... Uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to know because you know even if you make the point that David Ross, you know, he came down on some people when he was a player. It's still it's a different dynamic now. Sure it you, is. It's 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 you're not just there to help guide the man. You are the big dog now and it it is your responsibility to manage all these personalities and make sure things are tight in the clubhouse and all that. And it it's a different hat to wear. And it is a very different hat to wear. Yes. Yeah, and so that's that's sort of a gray area, but you know, if I had to lean one way or the other, I, I right now I, I feel confident in Ross because I think I think that both he and the front office understand that this is a transition into something different than when he was a player on the team. I'll tell I, you, David Ross is not stupid. He knows no. his place. He knows his job. He knows. I mean, look, I mean, I know we just talked about coaching trees and whatnot. I mean, this isn't exactly a coaching tree, but you look at the guys he's played with. I mean, the managers he's played with, the players he's played with, the personalities he's played with. I mean, he's been around a lot and has experienced a lot of different people. And like I said earlier on the show, when you gain the respect of all sorts of types of people, you're not doing it by just being cuddly grandpa, by being cuddly little David Ross. That's not how it works. No. No, and I, I think he understands that. Uh, one thing I will say that I've mentioned earlier uh, is that whether or not Ross ends up being great or terrible, it really doesn't matter in the immediate future unless the front office addresses some of the holes on the team. Because right. let's let's face it, this this team has some holes and some air, some real problem areas, and if they don't fix those, it's not going to matter what Ross does. Right. And I feel like if they don't properly address some of these issues, then uh, I think there's going to be uh, a big you know, a faction of fans that place the blame on Ross when he wouldn't necessarily be responsible for it. That's that's kind of my number one fear right now. Is no, this, I, I this, hear that totally. Yeah, as if this team isn't built to compete this next season, that people are going to discount Ross as as a manager. And the fact is, they they've they've got to fix some of these issues, or it's just not going to matter either way. That's one hundred percent true. I mean, this is step one in a very long off season that is going to require a number of changes, a number of moves. A number of tweaks, just even the smallest things. You're going to have to make a lot of changes here. Big, medium, small, or else you're going to see the same results. It 
is very important to give the manager you just hired a team that is going to be successful for him. I mean, Ross is obviously going to play a big part in the success of this team, but if the team still has the holes, still has the issues, it's not going to do you any good. Especially for a rookie manager, too. I mean, right. if this, this Cubs team, the roster as it is, that's going to be a lot to ask of a rookie manager to guide that squad into the postseason. But look, they've got a good start in that they've got a great core of young hitters. I mean, you got you got Bryant and Baez, Contreras, uh, Rizzo, who's not so young anymore. But the point being, you've got a great core of hitters, but you've got some question marks in the starting rotation. You've got some real problems in the bullpen. You arguably have some depth issues. And something that I've been harping on for a long time now is I really think the Cubs could benefit from a solidified leadoff guy. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, there, there's plenty of holes you can list. I mean, you basically just listed all of them right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- that's going to require a lot of work. And obviously, David Ross is going to want to have a full equipped team together because he can't do much if his depth players and his bullpen are not good. I, right. If he's let out to dry as a rookie manager, the seed is going to be naturally warmer, even when it's not his fault. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I said, that's that's one of my biggest fears of, of how this can go wrong, is if this team just isn't built well enough to compete in this these coming seasons, and that blame gets shifted over to Ross, that, I think... That's that's something that could happen. I mean, this team has a lot of holes. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we didn't maybe we sort of underestimated how ill prepared they were coming into this season. I mean, obviously, we knew that the bullpen was a big area of concern, and I think you know you could make the case it ended up being even worse than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that's where you start. Sure. Because as with, I mean, I, I had my problems with some of the decisions that Madden made last year, but I, I think you can insert just about any manager into the Cubs last year, and all of them are going to have a tough time managing that pen. Oh, yeah, especially early on. Every person that Madden put in stunk. It's like, okay, he's he's screwed. He's He was screwed. He couldn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, and I, I would hate to see them put Ross in that position. Me too. So I I think that's where it's got to start. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you right there. I, it was one of the biggest reasons they didn't make the postseason, among others. You know, one point I also want to make, and this is just kind of a prediction, I guess, or a feeling that may or may not be reality when it's all said and done. But, you know, I got to say, I feel like if players tried to pull kind of the Addison Russell type crap. I don't think Ross is going to deal with that stuff. No, yeah. I mean, you, you've got a fresh new voice in there. It's a, yeah, things are going to be different than when Madden was the guy. Uh, one one thing, obviously, that Ross has in his advantage is that he's already got a soft spot in the fans' hearts. Yeah, he does. I mean, if I mean, you hire somebody like Espada or Girardi, uh, and I guess Girardi did, ha- he was a Cub, uh, at one point in his career, but it's it's not even close. Fans look so much more favorably on Ross than they do on Girardi. Well, uh, yeah, for a yeah, number of reasons. 
Yeah, I mean, Ross is just kind of looked at as as the heart and soul of the Cubs back when he was a player on this team. So he, he's got a he's got a real advantage going into this thing. Uh, I just would hate to see it turn sour too quickly. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, another thought I had about this whole situation, uh, and it has to do with the reports from the interview. And I really wanted to just get this off my chest because it drives me crazy. So many people were making fun of, laughing, and being critical of this whole supposed mock speech that they had him do. I don't get why it's so funny. I mean, isn't part of many job interviews to kind of simulate what you're going to say in a certain situation? That's how it's been like with a lot of job interviews for me. And people will go back to the whole Chicago Bears, Mark Trestman thing but here's the thing that's football that is a completely different sport that is a completely different franchise that is a completely different set of eyes evaluating what they're looking at long story short don't downplay this interview process because the Chicago Bears were dumb and didn't hire Bruce Arians. That was a completely different situation. It has nothing to do with this one. And if you're going to ask me which franchise with the front office I trust more right now, the Cubs or the Bears, I'm oh, going with the Cubs by a it's, long shot. It's not even close. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. I can't talking... believe that people would even make that comparison. <laughs> I mean, come on. We were talking about George McCaskey making that decision with Mark Tressman. Who who do you think is smarter? Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer or George McCaskey? Come uh, I'll, on. I'll go with the guy who's won two world championships with you're not gonna go with the clubs. You're not gonna go with the delusional meatball owner. No, there's something in me doesn't want to go with that guy. Just Ugh. just just a hunch. That, Listen, that I'm a very bitter and disgruntled Bears fan. I could go on, oh, I so know. I better stop myself. You're one you, of many. You know, you know what I got to say that I love about this Ross news that I absolutely love about it is that yeah. it, it diverts Chicago media and Chicago sports from talking about nothing about how Mitch Trubisky sucks and how Matt Nagy <laughs> well, he sucks. Does. <laughs> I, he do, yes, Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky is not very is pretty good bad. right now. Yeah, he looks pretty terrible. He does not look good. He does not look good, and the Bears are very disappointing. But you know what? That's all they've been talking about 24-7 and it's nice to have something else to talk about other than that. Yeah, well, it's been such a disappointing year for Chicago sports in general. And I, yes, it has. I think the Bulls are set up to disappoint people, too. I don't think, hopefully nobody's got too high of expectations for them. I look at that starting lineup, and I see a team that's going to struggle against even the bottom tier of the NBA. Look, I was a Bulls fanatic for many years since I was a kid, but ever since Tom Thibodeau left and the way that Garpacks have run that franchise, my interest in them has fallen like a brick in a lake. It's, it's such, unfortunate. They're such a legendary franchise and big market. It's it's kind of it's interesting to me how badly they struggle to attract big names in the free agency. You, you know, you would think that, I mean, they're, they're a world, because of Michael Jordan, they are a worldwide brand in sports. Well, and, and you know, Michael Jordan may have a slight negative impact on that too. I think sometimes, I think in this current NBA, I, a lot of guys are on this conquest to become the next face. 
Uh, and if you're on the Bulls, obviously, no matter how good you are, you're always going to be in the shadow of Michael Jordan. I mean, that's that's a foregone conclusion that no matter who they get, you're never going to surpass Michael Jordan as Not the on guy the Bulls, for no. the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's it's an interesting point. Um, but, it, you know. But it's, at the same time, you know, it's it shouldn't be that hard to to lure some big names into Chicago. Right. I mean, it wouldn't people in the 90s would dream to play for the Chicago Bulls. I, the, the Chicago Bulls, despite all of the bad that we've seen in recent years, they are still among tops in attendance. They are still among tops in TV ratings. I, they're, they're still a very big franchise that rakes in oh, yeah. a ton of money. Which is why it's it's got to be frustrating for them to watch guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George go to the Clippers, which, you know, no matter how good the Clippers are, they're always going to be second fiddle to the Lakers in that town. By a long and you, shot. You've got guys willing to go there instead of a, a big market Chicago. It's yeah, it's it's weird to me. I, I I'm surprised at, at how hard it has been for them to get people to come. And well, it's, it's a really underwhelming starting lineup. Yeah, it, it, with the Bulls, it's like I see some talented players you don't see anything close to being a championship caliber team. Oh, no. I think that at best I see their ceiling as being maybe an eight seed. I think yeah. that's that's about as as high as you can shoot for this team. Yeah. And, you know, to, to go off more disappointing Chicago sports. Uh, I, now, I'm still I know you're not a hockey fan. I'm still holding out hope that the Blackhawks are going to kind of get back into this because they have a lot of talent. But you know, you're kind of right that a lot of Chicago sports talk as a whole has been pretty negative. So, you know, getting this news is at least a breath of fresh air. You know, yeah, it's it's something. It's something to talk about. Yeah. And it's going to be a long off season. Obviously, both teams in Chicago are going to try to be active. Uh, you know, the White Sox are finally trying to move forward and the Cubs are trying to rebound here. So there's going to be plenty to talk about this offseason. It's just, you know, you're at a time right now where the team that was supposed to be the savior of the city in the Bears is really letting people down. So we, we, we needed this. Yeah. So, yeah, I think at the very least, this is sort of a breath of fresh air and rejuvenates things a little bit. Uh, because on paper, the Cubs should have been a lot better than they were. Uh, and things were sort of starting to feel a little bit stale. And so maybe this this pumps a little bit of adrenaline back into the fan base. I think we needed this for sure. Yeah, and I don't know if this is true or not. I can't exactly remember where I heard it, but I thought I heard it on the radio. And, and, and again, I, don't take this as fact. It It sounded like that there was kind of an indication that there was some satisfaction with 2016 and it's kind of like just mm -hmm. the hunger wasn't always there with the team and maybe it was subconscious. Maybe it was actually expressed by some people. I don't know. I, I really don't know, but a new shot in the arm like this, I think can do you some good. And, I think and people so say, and some people say, oh, well, weren't the Cubs trying to move past 2016, put that in the past? Well, sure, but if you try a formula that worked, you know, that's the thing. It, with him, they won a World Series 
in part of the fact that he was such a big person in that clubhouse and on that team, even if he wasn't an all-star and an everyday player. So, I mean, if it worked and it wasn't that long ago, you could see that in multiple ways. You know, maybe it is living in the past, but maybe it, you know, you're still onto something. So I just don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to bring in David Ross as your manager, even if you're trying to quote unquote move forward from 2016. Because right. I think I think saying move forward from 2016 means don't be in the mindset of we won, we hit our peak, we don't need to do anymore. It's simply, you know, just you know, move on from that and have the same hunger, if that makes sense. Right. Well, and this is this is sort of a tough spot. For Ross, this is it's a little bit unique. Generally, when you see a manager leave and a new manager come in, that's sort of a, one of the, a signifier that your team, you know, you're 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 looking to rebuild a little bit, mm-hmm. or that you're you're on some down. It's it's sort of a different situation for the Cubs because on the one hand, you're going to want to have some patience with Ross. And he's gonna. It's gonna take a little bit of time, I think, for him to really come into his own as a manager. But at the same time, the Cubs are still supposed to be right smack in the middle of a competitive window. Right. And so, while you want to have some patience with your new guy, the expectation still is that this team needs to compete. That's a really tough situation for a rookie to be in. Yeah, I mean, you saw some of the rebuilding teams like uh, Dale Swaim's rebuilding teams or even Rick Renteria. You know, they were brought in first time at that helm and they didn't have the expectations on them. David right. Ross obviously does. Yeah, that's that's it's it's totally different here where, you know, we don't know what to expect from Ross per se, but we we have high expectations of this team. I mean, the one thing that you can't do is waste Chris Bryant's prime. You can't waste Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez's prime. Right. I mean, you got to take advantage of it while we've got it. And so I think that the question is how you kind of toe the line between, <coughs> excuse me, giving Ross all the, the resources and assets that he needs to succeed uh, and, and fairly criticizing him while also expecting this team to play at a high level. It's going to be a really interesting balancing act to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And they want to come out strong the gate next year. They don't want to dilly-dally around like they did in 2019. Getting off to a strong start is obviously going to be one of their biggest objectives. You don't want to dig yourself in a hole. I mean, look at this year. You know what You know what we saw this year? We saw proof that you can still beat anybody in the playoffs. I think baseball in this day and age is less of a crapshoot than it once was but at the end of the day it is still a crapshoot i mean the cubs if you look at them they could have beaten the braves oh absolutely they could have definitely beaten the braves and to the to the end i i went i went out as saying that i think the cubs are a more talented team than the braves yeah i mean i think they have better pitching even though the pitching really struggled I would trust our starting rotation over the Braves. And yeah, frankly, I, the Braves bullpen was nothing to brag about either. I the think Cubs if you, is probably worse, but yeah, I, I think if you asked any neutral fan before this season, which roster you'd prefer, I, I think most people would go with the Cubs over the Braves without mm-hmm. a doubt. 
Yeah, and I mean, look at the Washington Nationals. They were a wild card team just a few outs away from being eliminated in the wild card game. And now they have a one nothing lead in the World Series. Like, yeah. think about it. They were down multiple runs late in the game, in the wild card game. They were facing Josh Hader. And then the next round, they were a few outs away from losing to the Dodgers. They came back and won. Then they swept the oh-so-mighty Cardinals, which really weren't that mighty, just for the record. Uh, the, what a glorious thing to watch that was. It was. And, you know, I'm sorry if there are any Cardinal fans listening, but I'm I not. thought that was a that was a massive, massive fluky run <laughs> by the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, they, they got exposed, didn't they? They, did, they just got, they they got hot at the right time. They That's all it was. Hit, they couldn't hit a lick. My God. <laughs> too funny to watch. They couldn't hit a lick. They're, the so-called great pitching staff melted down. I mean, Jack Flaherty was pretty good, and then he just flat out got beat by a better team in the, yeah, the Washington Nationals. As a whole, they were frauds. Yeah, I just... That, that team, if they played like they did all season, they would have been like an 80-some win team. And where the Cubs basically were, they just got hot at the right time, had the right things go right for them, and you know they they were they were exposed. The Nationals were clearly a better team than the Cardinals. Clearly, in every oh, aspect. Absolutely, absolutely, way better lineup, top to bottom. Far better starting pitching. Oh, by light years. I mean, even even on Jack Flaherty's best days, it's, you're not. He's no Max Scherzer. He's or no Steven Strasburg. Look yeah. at Steven Strasburg. I mean, for goodness sake, that yeah. guy is unreal. Especially My God. in the postseason. There's there's nothing better to watch than when Steven Strasburg is pitching. That look in his eyes, all the facial expressions that he makes, and the things that he mutters to himself like that is a scary looking dude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I gotta say, this Nationals team, in my opinion, is so likable, and oh, I yeah. am really rooting hard for them. Yeah. And I, I like the Astros, too. I like their philosophies and how they've, they've built this team. But how can you not root for the Nationals? I mean, this, the story of them going to the World Series the year after they lost Harper is just way too good to ignore. Oh, no, it's gold. It's, it's gold. It's amazing. And especially with Harper's interview blunder when he said he wanted to bring a championship back to D.C., this, so this, this meme prophecy thing that's spurred out of that, it's perfect. It's oh, yeah. gold, Jerry. Yeah. Okay, Kenny Banya. <laughs> no, it, it's so true. I mean, and look, I'm not a big time Bryce Harper hater, but I do think it is kind of funny. Uh, it, it, what what really is kind of funny too is how just overly hyped the Phillies were last year. They yeah. were so hyped up. I mean, they got JT Real Muto. They had Bryce Harper. They had Reese Hoskins. Uh, Aaron Nola. Jake Arrieta. You know, they were loaded on paper, yeah. but it yeah. just never gelled like the way people thought it was going to. Well, and it's it, this really it's not that surprising what the Nationals have done this year. I, what's more surprising is that they weren't good last year, I think. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, they were in the thick of things and then it kind of just fell apart. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't really know how that happened, but it did. I'm, I'm glad uh, they turned the corner, though, because I was... I, I didn't want to have to see Davey Martinez on the hot seat. No, 
Oh, yeah, and that's one of the, the other big reasons I'm rooting for the Nationals. I want to see Davey Martinez win as a manager. I I, he's very well-respected, very well-liked among Cub fans. I'm sure Joe Madden is rooting very hard for him right now. I'm sure. Uh, you know, Davey, Davey Martinez has tasted victory here with the Cubs as a bench coach, and I'm sure he'd love nothing more than to taste it as a manager. I mean, it's just a fun team to watch. They've just got is. fun players. Trey Turner is really fun to watch on the base paths. There may not be a more fun young player to watch than Juan Soto right now. Uh, and I, I, I really like, star. I really like the, the, the Ryan Zimmerman aspect to this too. And it, Ryan Zimmerman has, has been on this team for a long time. Uh, and they've waited so long to accomplish anything at all in the postseason. And so it's, it's kind of fun to see. They've got a nice mix of exciting young players uh, and veteran players who've been waiting a long time for something like this. How fitting was it that Ryan Zimmerman, the man who suffered through all those terrible Nationals teams, you know, since being drafted way when I'm, I'm still pretty sure they were the Expos when they drafted him, but way back when, when he began in the leagues, terrible team, through so many years, terrible teams, through so many heartbreaking playoff losses, he is the first one to score a run, hit a home run as a national in the World Series. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And it, it really it's like it was meant to be. I think, you know, if you'd told people before the season started that the World Series would be Astros and Nationals, I, I think a lot of people would be a little bit underwhelmed by that because neither one of those teams are big market. They're both sort of small market teams. But when you look at the pitching staffs on these teams, this this is what you want to see in the World Series. I mean, if you yes. really you want good ratings in the world, you want to see guys like Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole going head to head. That I think is what makes a great baseball game to watch. I mean, it's it's stressed all the time how important the bullpen is in the postseason, and it is. But I think it's more fun for people to watch guys like Steven Strasburg duel out for a long time than to see pitching changes every other inning. Oh my God, you have no idea how much I loved watching the Nationals have their starters out there six, seven, eight innings. It's just so fun to watch. When Strasburg and Scherzer are, are, are on like they have been, it's so fun to watch. Yeah, last year last year was just brutal when all you'd see is pitching change after pitching change and you'd see Right. You just you'd see guys starters be openers. I just that stuff drove me nuts. It's it gets a little tedious. Whereas with when you've got you know Strasburg and Cole and Verlander going, you're you're a little bit more on the edge of your seat. I think it's it's a little more suspenseful this way. Yeah, I mean, I'd say these playoffs have been ten billion times better than last year's. Absolutely, I've enjoyed this way more. Yeah, me too. And, you know, maybe it has to do with they didn't have as much of a bitter end. I mean, the Cubs obviously had a very bitter ending, but it was pretty clear they weren't making the playoffs the past few uh, weeks of the season. While in 2018, they lost in the wild card game and lost the division on the last day of the season. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit more enjoyable there. But I think just overall, the games that we've watched, the the it's plays been, that we've seen been made, it's been great. It's been top notch. It's This has been a really high quality postseason, I think. How about uh, how about that dumbfounded look on Aroldis Chapman's face when he gave up the oh, walk-off man. bomb? Yeah, I, watching that live, I was I was like, 
my initial reaction was, well, I know that look. I've, where have I seen that before? It was literally the same exact expression he made when he gave up the Davis home run. I despise the Yankees, and it, it really it rubbed me the wrong way because it, it brought back terrible memories. Uh, obviously, things ended up all right for the Cubs that year. Uh, people forget that. But how, how can you do that? I don't know. I, he has his explanations, but how can you... How can you lose the game and 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 solidify your team's exit from the postseason and have that facial expression when you know the cameras are going to be on you? I would be so annoyed with him if I was his teammate. So oh, yeah. annoyed with him. I'd be embarrassed if that, it just, you know. It just gives the impression that he doesn't really care, which I've sort of always believed about him anyway. Yeah, you know what? I've kind of had that vibe too with him. I just he's he's up there and just try to throw as hard as he can and strike guys out. I I always felt that when he was a cub, he did not want to be a cub. No. I don't think he ever did. I don't think he liked being a cub. I don't I, think he liked the players on the team. No, I no. really don't. I mean, you remember that brawl that involved Rizzo and Chapman in 2014 in Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah, still you don't think, forget about that stuff. Yeah. No, no, I I think there was still some hard feelings there. And, you know, I just, I don't think he wanted to be there. I really no. don't. Yeah, I, I think anyone, I think everybody had the impression that he did not particularly enjoy his time in Chicago. I think he hated the way Madden used him. Oh, of course. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, I mean, you know, in the end of the day, they won. Uh, and I'm tired of hearing about Glaber Torres because he how many championships? Have a- how many championships have the Yankees won in the last decade? Zero. Yeah, there you go. Zero. Yeah, their last one was in 09, and it's 2019, and they didn't win a championship this year. So, you know, rehashing old trades from championship seasons, I'll never understand that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, you do what you have to do to win the championships when you can. And I've made this point before, too, is that on paper, uh, as far as, 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 long consistency goes that the Dodgers and the Yankees maybe look more like what Cubs fans were hoping to see, but how many championships have the Dodgers and Yankees won this decade? Zero. Um, Until the Dodgers win a championship, I will always be glad to be a Cubs fan over a Dodgers fan with this core. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at all the moves. The Dodgers seemingly have done everything right as in, as far as front office moves. Oh, yeah. No, ring, no rings to show for it. How many games they win this year? 106? Yeah, and, and, and they, were, they ran away with the NL West early in the year. I mean, it's, it wasn't even close. Midway through the year, it was a done deal. The Dodgers were going to win the division. Yeah. Look at 27... 27- Look at 2017. Remember when, uh, was it Sports Illustrated uh, called them best team ever, question mark? Yeah. And nothing to show win. for it. No, yeah, no. nobody's, nobody's, nobody's going to look back and say, gee, remember, remember how good the Dodgers were in the regular season? Those in the late 2010s? Nobody's going to say that. No. I mean, look at the Cleveland Indians in the 90s. The Cleveland Indians in the 90s had some fantastic, unbelievably awesome teams. But not a lot of people talk about it because they never won a World Series. You really yeah. got to go back and look at the Indians of the 90s and realize how many stacked teams they had. They just yeah. Their lineup was murderer's row, but they never won a World Series. Yeah, barring some special, unique circumstances, people remember championships, and that's about it. And that's really the only thing worth remembering 
uh, unless you're a Cubs fan and you've got over a century and you've, you've just got to dig to find anything you can, but people remember rings. Absolutely. And this, go this Yankees, this Yankees team that was so good that hit so many home runs, won over a hundred games. Nobody's going to care anymore. That's, that's done and over. It's not, it's not going to be worth, I mean, and, and look at the Yankee fans reactions. They're fuming over this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fuming. They, they're so mad at their front office and, Really, I can't blame them because they're. Everybody knew any average Joe could tell you that the weakest link on the Yankees was their pitching, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what burned them in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it was funny. You watch Chapman; he wasn't throwing a hundred plus miles an hour in no. that game. No, he wasn't. And he just hung that slider so badly. Questionable decision to even throw a slider there. I mean, yeah. even, even if it's a good slider, it's. It seems, you know, even if you're not throwing 100 plus, you're still in the upper 90s, and that's that's still hard to catch up with. I don't know. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was certainly an entertaining moment. Um, but last few thoughts on David Ross before we sign off here. <sighs> One thing I wanted to bring up, my kind of my last point I wanted to bring up about David Ross was. Going into this season, knowing that there's going to be a lot of change, you know, we, we talk about how he meshes with a lot of the players, and that's still going to be the case because I don't think Rizzo's going anywhere. I don't think Baez is going anywhere. I still don't think Bryant's going anywhere. Uh, Contreras, we'll see. John Lester's going to be there. Kyle Hendricks will be there. But there's also going to be a number of guys who were not on that 2016 team. So, you know, I, I just, that that's something to keep in mind. That's now, part, that could partly be a good thing, too. It is, yeah. I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing at all. I'm just saying that it, there's there's something there to be considered, I guess. Or it's something to at least be thought about. That, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to come back entirely to the team he was with in 2016. Yeah, I I think this this level of uncertainty. I I think it's actually kind of exciting. Yeah, because you know if if, if it's still Madden here, then then you've got some fans that are are not looking forward to next season as much because you you think it's going to be more of the same. Right. This 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 mixes things up a little bit, and this I think it's going to be it's going to make it more interesting to watch. I I really wasn't going to be disappointed either way. Whatever the Cubs decided, I would have been fine with Espada. I would have been fine with Girardi. I was going to be fine with Ross, which that's who ended up being. Uh, I was going to be fine with any of those guys. I didn't necessarily dislike any of them. I was a little bit higher on Girardi than a lot of people have been. I'm not. I'm not sure. I quite understand why so many people dislike Girardi. I mean, he's he's got a long record of pretty much nothing but winning. Well, see, I just don't think he'd be the right fit here with what the front office was Maybe looking not. for and how it ended in New York. Uh, Cause I there was a lot that. there. It just, I, I don't under- think the fit was right. I could understand that. I mean, there, and there's been some question marks on, on how the Cubs as a team gel in the locker room. Uh, and I think, you know, of the candidates, Ross is probably your best bet to, to try and patch that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I, I, you know, I remind people that Joe Girardi, he's 10 of his 11, years as a manager were winning seasons and that's that's impressive i think people overlook that a little bit and you know i could you could you make the case that anybody would have had a tough time managing that yankees squad that's a lot of big heads on that team it's not easy 
it's not easy. Um, I, I still think that Girardi can be a good manager. It just, it's not going to be here. I think if he does indeed go to Philadelphia, I think that would suit him more personally. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, I think what what makes Ross the guy is that of all the candidates, you could probably easily make the case that nobody wanted that more than Ross. Sure, absolutely, I can agree with you fully. And that you know, same goes to the front office. It goes both ways. Like I said, somebody else like Espada would have really had to wow the Cubs to hire over Ross. It, it sounds like he did for the most part. It sounds like he impressed them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't bring him back for a second interview for nothing. Yeah, but but as we but as we saw, this this was Ross's job to lose, and I, I think the only way he wasn't going to get it is was if he just totally sucked in interviews, which I'm not sure. I think the interview process is just a little bit overrated anyway. I think that you you more or less know what you're going to get beforehand. I mean, I think in this scenario, I agree with. I mean, they know a lot about David Ross. I mean, like like we've said, they've probably groomed a lot of him to share the same philosophies in when yeah. he was part of the front office. Yeah, with that I intention. Mean, yeah, what it, what it sounds like in hindsight is that the only way it wasn't going to be Ross is if Ross didn't want to do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have more to talk about as this offseason rolls on. We'll have more to talk about as we hear from Theo Epstein and David Ross. I'm sure we'll hear more announcements tomorrow. Uh, We're recording this on Wednesday, so you may be listening to this, quote-unquote, tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk more as time goes along. I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. We had a lot of fun doing this episode. Reminder, you can check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. You could also check out this podcast on iTunes.com. It's also posted on Twitter. So until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night.